I've got bags under my eyes. You guys know the reason. Uh, Marissa's at home. Hey, honey. Uh, hey, hey, girls. Uh, they're on the stream right now. Um, and so if this sermon sounds like I got interrupted by a toddler while working on it, it's because that's what happened, okay? <laughs> but I believe in the power of the word and the spirit to work through that. Amen. Amen. So we've been going through this series called The Invitation. And the invitation, and a really cool thing was, uh, was said um, last week, the invitation to living the gospel life. And it's important for us as followers of Jesus to be able to articulate what is the gospel. And so that was articulated in a great way. Do you guys remember what it was last week? Flip over in your notes maybe a page. God is putting the world back together. And what is he looking for? He's looking for helpers. Us. Partners. Amen. It's about trusting in God's story. And us not taking control. Trying to resist that urge. And it's about us portraying God to a broken world. Who oftentimes does not get a oftentimes, most of the times, does not get a proper representation of who God is or portrayal of who God is. Maybe that's our fault. Maybe it's society's fault. Maybe it's their own fault on some level. Maybe it's all of it. Right? Amen? You guys with me? Okay. So let's do this. Let's pray. Let's stop. Let's pray real quick. We're going to go to God, and we're going we're gonna to be digging into Matthew 18 and some other passages. If you want to mark that down, feel free. Uh, please bow your heads with me. Father, we, we come before you this morning, and we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to worship together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word and the power it has to transform our lives when we, when we read it, when we meditate on it, when we obey it, when we embody it, Father. Amazing things happen. Jesus shows us that. We're grateful. Father, I do pray, please, we pray for your spirit, God, to please speak loudly in this time, regardless of what I may say or may not say, God, please speak to us and help us to embrace your living in a way that transforms our families, our households, our communities, wherever we're at, God. That's what this is about. We're partnering with you. Thank you for the invitation for us to get to partner with you and help us, Father, to live that out the best we can by following your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 You guys in Matthew 18? All right, cool. I'm almost there. There we go. Today, today we're talking about being invited to forgive. Invited to forgive. We're like, isn't the gospel about being forgiven? Yeah. There's a, Another aspect here that's uh, to forgiveness that's important for us to look at. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I want to read the whole passage, and I want to go through as we, as I go through and I have some things I'd like to share, we're going to kind of revisit it. Okay, so just kind of keep your thumb in Matthew 18. All right, y'all with me? All right. Oh, so we're going to start. No, I did not yet. <laughs> 21, 21. Which, wow, I mean, honestly, verses 15 through 20 give such great... We're going to start at 15, okay. 15, if your brother or sister sins, go and and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one 
to others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. They refuse to listen to the church, and if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, I would love to go deeper into this, but I just want to read this for context, because this is what's being said before now we're going to focus in on the next part. Amen. If you want to geek out with me sometime this week, call me. Please. There's so much here. Okay, I can't help myself. Jesus is doing an amazing thing in this passage. This passage, you may have heard, be preached as forgiveness. This isn't, that, that section there's not about forgiveness. That's about dealing with sin. Pointing out the sin in a relationship or community, because that's important. Okay, we're like, oh yeah, that sounds really fun, Ethan. Listen to what Jesus is doing here. He's bringing justice on the offender in this process, and he's giving safety and protection to the offended, to the victim. With every increasing step, they are being protected from that person who hurt them. Stuff going on here. We're not going to sit on it too long. Call me. Text me. Let's talk about it. You got, Okay? Did I whet your appetite maybe a little bit? Okay. Then, Peter came to Jesus and asked, okay, so we're dealing with sin, Jesus. Okay, I get it. Lord, how many times do I need to forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Rabbis in the time would often say three was like enough. That's how many times you can forgive a person. So Peter's even going beyond his, his context saying seven times, which is, is like perfect, right? Seven times? Jesus, being Jesus, saying Jesus things, he answered, I tell you not seven times, but seven, 77 times, or seven times 70, depending on how your translation is in there. What does that mean? What? So when I get to 77, I can stop? Hold on. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Your, your version might say talents. Does it say talents? Okay. A talent, one talent is 20 years wages. So this is a ridiculous amount of money. Like, it's a lot. That's the point here. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife, his children, and all he had be sold to repay the debt. Not that this time the servant fell on his knees, and he said, be patient with me. He begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, which is the equivalent of maybe a few months' wages. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Did he get choked? No, but he's choking this guy. Pay back what you owe me! He demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. Wait, that is the same thing he said to his master. Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. 
and went and told their master everything that happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured to pay back all he, until he paid back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your hearts. On a scale of 1 to 10, this is like a teacher question. I'm sure you get this like every day in your class. Right? On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is, is forgiveness to Jesus? Uh, sounds like, I'm like, this is 10, right? Would you agree? Yeah, 15. Thank you. <laughs> it is very important. Let me ask you a question, though. Take a step back, and let's look in the mirror of Scripture. How do you respond when somebody hurts you? How do you respond when somebody sins against you, offends you, hurts you? It's a hard question. Let that linger, okay? Let that question linger. We're focusing on, uh, I think I said we're invited to forgiveness. Can I lengthen that title a little bit more? We're invited to a world-changing forgiveness. A world-changing forgiveness, So we're going to look, we're going to dig into a couple things. What exactly is forgiveness? That's one of those churchy words, churchianity, right? Forgiveness, it's on a bumper sticker and it's on a load of t-shirts. If you go to Mardell's, you'll see them everywhere, right? Yeah, what does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Jesus tells us, we're going to look at what Jesus said. Why does it matter to the gospel? Why does that matter? Why is forgiveness, why is it a 15 out of 10, Trey? look at that (laughs) all right Trey (laughs) we actively here's here's if you don't if you don't leave with anything else leave with this today we actively contribute to the healing of a broken world when we forgive one another from the heart so we talk about partnering with God this is one of the ways in which we do that forgiveness is a decision to lift up another by accepting them It's not a feeling, but it's a mindset and a posture we take. Two handles, right? Two handles. I did that back in July. Last time I preached, it seems so long ago. Here's your handles today. Forgiveness is a mindset, and forgiveness breaks the cycle. Forgiveness is a mindset, and forgiveness breaks the cycle. We good? Oh, man, this is great. That was the introduction, my friends. Let's dig in. Let's do this. We need to sell Red Bull in the lobby or something. Special contribution, I don't know. Forgiveness is a mindset. You know, let me just get to the point. What does it mean to be forgiven? What does the word forgive mean? Like, literally, I'm asking you, what are, what are words that come into, into your mind when you hear the word forgive. Josh, stop it. (laughs) But that's great, yes. (laughs) Letting go, there we go. Fresh start, okay. Good one, good one. Fresh start. 
Yes, yes, we get a lot of these words. Here's the thing about English. Not a great language. We've established this like with the English word for love. I could say I love pizza and I love my wife Marissa. Marissa's in trouble if that means the same thing, right? Okay, English is not a great language, especially for translating. With other modern day languages. Now let's do that with ancient languages, Hebrew or Greek. Things don't translate quickly, right? So in, in, in the Hebrew Bible, a few different words that we translate as forgive. They have a few different words for the one word we like to use, right? And I think we've also inserted our own cultural meaning into the word forgive that's not in the Bible. We'll get there. We'll get there. So there's words like kafar, that's like the atone or covering, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's God towards us, kafar, okay? There's salak, which is a, a, a lightness. It's a lightness. This word is used when, when God is restoring people to favor, okay? That's also a word that's only used from God to man. And then there's a third word, and this is the word that's used from man to man, okay? That's nasah. Nasa. Say it with me, Nasa. Okay, just N-A-S-A is literally how you can write it down if you want to do that. N-A-S-A. Nasa. This is a very nuanced word, and words mean a, different, a lot of different things depending on what sentence they're in, what tense they're in, and all these things. This word means a lot of things, like to lift up, to carry, to bear, to accept. Okay? These are some of the ways Nasa is used. Here's an example. Uh, come along with me to Genesis 32. Jacob and Esau, yeah? You should know this story. All right, how did Jacob feel about meeting his brother Esau? Fear. That's one word is what we need. Fear. Not good. He did not feel great about seeing him, right? So, in, 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 in Genesis 32, verse 20, Genesis 32, verse 20, I'm just jumping to this to show you an example. It says, and be, this is Jacob talking, and be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps Nassau. Now, the translations you have, you may see a lot of different things. If you're there, what other words do you see there? Perhaps he will what? Accept me. Receive me. Forgive me. Right? That's nasa. It means to look at someone with acceptance. As Josh said, to see we're, we are both human. We're both here in this broken humanity together. Okay? Doesn't mean I like you. <laughs> but I accept you, to look up to accept. It's a posture of acceptance. And again, if you're like, Ethan, break this down for me a little bit more. Call me this week. Text me. We'll geek out, okay? Let's go back to Matthew 18. There's a couple of things here that are significant as we talk about forgiveness as a mindset. Jesus, before he goes into that parable, what, he says something that's really cool. He's like, the kingdom of heaven is like. Whenever Jesus says that, we need to listen. The kingdom of heaven is like. 
what I believe Jesus is conveying is saying, this is how we do things. If you follow me, this is how we do things. Okay? Are we following Jesus in here? Why is there a hesitation? Okay, say yes. Okay. All right. Then this is how we do things. Okay? That's significant. This is how we do things in God's story. Have you been forgiven of a debt before? Anybody? How'd it feel? Awesome. Everyone, how many people said awesome at the same time? That was great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like you had a weight lifted? A burden taken off? Do you feel like you could stand up straighter? Nassau. Have you ever forgiven somebody of a debt? Hopefully, okay, hopefully. <laughs> we follow Jesus. If you haven't, today's a good day to start. Okay? What did you feel when you forgave that person of their debt or of, of what they did to hurt you? Did, did you feel a weight lifted? A burden was taken off? Nassau. Works both ways. When you forgive, it takes a burden off both people. Jesus says at the end of that parable, forgive your brother or sister. That word is either way. Your brother or sister, forgive them from the heart. And we're like, yes, Walt Disney. Yeah, from the heart, yo. My feelings. No, 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 no. It is not from your feelings. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, well, I just feel like I haven't forgiven them. Your, your understanding of forgiveness is stuck on how you're feeling. Right. Let's be real. I felt that. I don't feel like, how do you know you've forgiven somebody? How do you know you've forgiven someone? Well, I don't feel like I'm for, I've forgiven them. That's not how it works, okay? So if you've been there, if you are there, let's reverse that, okay? Your heart. There's no Hebrew understanding of the word brain. There's no, what I mean by that is there's no word for brain. There's not. In the, in the Hebrew, ancient Hebrew language, there's not a word for brain. So what heart meant was your inner person. That is not just your emotions, but also your mind, your seat of decision-making. That's your heart. So when we think heart, we're like, oh, my feelings. What do I feel at this moment? That's not how they understood that. That's not what Jesus saying when he heart. Forgive someone and accept them and take a weight off of them regardless of how you feel. I believe that's more powerful. I believe that's more powerful. We can talk about, man, there's awesome stories of forgiveness that we hear about. You know, someone, for, and you hear about it, you know, they forgave, like, their spouse's murderer face-to-face and all these. Uh, and I'm not discounting those. Those are incredible. But I would contend is just as powerful, if not more powerful, are the little mundane Daily things that happen that we sweep under the rugs, they build up over time. Are you with me on that? Do you, have you, do you feel? I've, I've, I've been there. Forgiveness does not come from a place of feeling. It is a mindset that we take on. It's an attitude. It's a posture. So how can you shed your previous notion of forgiveness and embrace Jesus' example? Right? We don't want to be a people that just hear things and learn things and store that away in our index and be like, that's good knowledge. We want to put it into practice and live it out. Amen? That's what we're doing here, right? 
Think about just let's start, start with where you're at right now. Where are opportunities in front of you right now? And you might need to think about this. Maybe you're a journaler. I don't know. Write it out. Where is there a lack of forgiveness in your heart? Okay? Let's start there. Let's start there. Who do you need to accept? Okay? Be mindful what Jesus is saying here. Forgiveness does not equal reconciliation. Forgiveness is required to get to reconciliation. Okay, yes, can we agree on that? But I think sometimes we hinder ourselves when we feel like in order to forgive someone, I have to be best friends with them again. Or I have to be where I was at before with them. That, that can't happen, especially in extreme cases of hurt, violence, abuse. Really? Is that what we're expecting of people? Are you with me? Okay, okay. Who do you need to accept? Who do you need to release of that burden? Trust me, even if you haven't talked about it, in an interaction with someone, have you ever interacted with someone who clearly has not forgiven you of something? And you may know what it is or you may not know what it is. But have you, we pick up on that. We are intuitive creatures. Body language, eyebrows, posture, whatever speaks louder than words. Right? You've been in that situation, unfortunately, but probably. Let's release one another of those things from your heart. Because we cannot get to a place of reconciliation unless we've done that. Okay? What that doesn't necessarily mean, and this is where I've been, I'm like, oh man, so I got to call. How weird is this? Let me, you go and you corner someone in, or you call them and you're like, hey, I just, I wanted to call because I just had to tell you I forgive you. <laughs> Have you been in that situation? Maybe you've done that, or maybe that's been done to you. Hey, I just want to, you know, this thing that you did really hurt me, and I just wanted to let you know that I, me, forgave you, puny human. Right? And how do you walk away from that feeling like, gah, yuck. It might need to happen in some situations, but that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a mindset and a posture. It's a way of living. Okay? We're, we're human. We are going to hurt one another. Preach into the choir, yes? If you have not been hurt by someone in this room yet, just stay tuned, Chris. Just stay tuned, okay? But there's power in that. There is power in getting hurt and forgiving. Amen? Okay, I'm off script. Forgiveness like this, kind of forgiveness Jesus is talking about, is a foreign concept in our world. Everyone wants it. Who doesn't want that kind of forgiveness? Who doesn't want to be released of their burdens? But who's willing to give it? Forgiveness breaks cycles. Well, let's move on to that handle. Forgiveness that breaks cycles. This is a, matur- a massive feature of humanity's story is a lack of forgiveness. In God's story, his people are breaking that cycle every day. Do you feel that? Do you feel that when you, I asked earlier, have you ever forgiven someone something that happened? And he said, yes, you were breaking a cycle. 
You are breaking a cycle. Jesus does something really cool here in Matthew 18. And pardon me for a moment. But Matthew 18, uh, verses 21 and 22. Have you ever watched like a comedy sitcom and someone has a flashback and it takes you back to that flashback? Yes? This here, Brandle called it stringing pearls and that's what rabbis at the time called it. I also call it hyperlinking. Jesus is making a connection for them. Verse uh, 21, Peter said, how many times do I got to forgive somebody? Seven times. Jesus says not seven, but 70 times seven or 77, right? That means a couple things. You've probably heard this. That is a figurative number that means infinite. But isn't that 70 times 7 somewhere else in the Bible that possibly Jesus could be pointing to? Flashback time. We're going through a flashback together. Okay, let's go in this flashback. Okay, just embrace it. Genesis 4. Turn with me to Genesis 4. I said flashback, not whiplash. Okay. All right. And... uh, uh, Yes, Genesis 4. We're going to do a little reading here about a situation, pretty serious situation here. Starting at verse 1, Adam made love to his wife, Eve, and, and she became pregnant and gave birth to And she said, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel brought an offering, fat portions, from the firstborn of his flock. Okay, and the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. Yes, yes. Cain and his offering did not look on it with favor. So Cain was very angry and, listen to this word, downcast. When the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be Nassau? That is the word there. If you do, what is, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It deserves to have you, or desires, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. I got to pause here. Isn't God so amazing that he said, he's focusing on doing what's right. He said, if you do what is right, or if you don't do what is right. He didn't say, if you do what's wrong, God is focused on us doing what is right. Now Cain said to his brother, Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Yikes, that escalated quickly. 15 out of 10, Trey, am I right? Yeah, pretty quick. The Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know if he's saying that with sarcasm, but I maybe read that into, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out from the ground. You are now under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. 
And when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can. Nassah. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. The Lord put a mark on him so that anyone who found that so 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 that no one who found him would kill him. I'm going to fast forward here in this uh, flashback. Okay, um, I'm skipping this paragraph. Uh, Cain has a great 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 grandson named Lamech. Okay, so Cain is living Cain's story, not God's story, and that gets passed down the family line until we arrive at this character, Lamech. Okay. Lamech married two women. The first person we have written down to marry two women. That is not a good sign. And what I mean by that is you're breaking this relationship dynamic that God created for one man and one woman. Are you okay? Adam, or, or, or yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he married two women, one named Adon, the other Zillah. Adon gave birth to Jabal, and he was the father of the house who lived in tents to raise livestock. His brother's name was uh, uh Jubal, and he was a father of all who played stringed instruments with pipes. La also had a son, Tubal Cain. Ooh. A little family lineage leaking down through the names there. Who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was uh, Nema. Lamech's. This guy, this guy is a poet, okay? This is Lamech's poem. It's, it really is a poem, but it's not a happy poem. Adah and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is bad and he's avenged, he's avenged seven times, then I'm so bad that I will be avenged how many times? Seventy-seven times times there is a pattern of a lack of unforgiveness in early genesis genesis really three through nine and this is again another call me because we can geek out okay it's between adam and eve it's with cain and abel it's with lamech and we're going to see later it's with with noah and his sons there is a lack of forgiveness show me the forgiveness in these stories from the people from the people. Are you with me? Lamech's poem, he's bragging on how wicked he is. He is glorifying himself and how far off from God's story they've become. And it's not in his mind, this is not bad. I'm a bad boy. That's what he's saying about himself. He's bragging. He's saying he's infinitely more evil than Cain, the first murderer. Is built on greed, dominance, oppression of his wives, violence, mercilessness. You're going to kill a guy who just injured you? Let's go back to Jesus. Let's bring it back to Matthew 18 because this feels kind of, oh, that's heavy, isn't it? Is that not heavy? That doesn't feel good. It doesn't. You know why it doesn't feel good? Because that's not how we're made. 
We're not made to live in that downward spiral. And don't we also kind of get like Lamech and we are bragging in our (laughs) wickedness, maybe at one point. Amen? Maybe it just looks different. Maybe you're not writing poetry about it. I don't know. Some people might. Jesus is teaching that forgiveness from the heart is a great reversal of Lamech's story, of Cain's story. As things are going down, down, down in Genesis, and things are going to get so bad, Jesus is saying, forgiveness is so good. This is going to be the opposite of that. We're going to flip this around. We are going to turn this around. Are you with me? He is making this connection here. I'm convinced. It is the undoing of a corrupt and twisted humanity. And this is the pathway. He said the kingdom of heaven is like. This is the pathway to the kingdom of heaven. Is forgiveness like this. Look at your own lineage. Think of, when I say lineage, I mean think of your family, your your earthly family, right? We are the family of God. Amen. But think of your earthly family. Think of patterns that have been repeated. Stories within your family. Maybe not. But I, I can identify the people who are like, oh, yeah, Ethan, I know what you're talking about. Think of your family history or maybe the counseling term, your family of origin, right? And what role has forgiveness played or not played in that? You know, I, 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 I want to share, <clears throat> and she might be listening, she might not be, but my sister and I have had a pretty uh, tumultuous is that the right word? Relationship? Not so good. Well, let's just say that. Um, and and um, we're getting to a point, um, both her doing work on her own and, and me doing work on my own, we're getting to a point where we've been having some conversation of we need to, we need to get some help. We need to seek counseling together as a family. And we need to break this cycle. Over the course of years, we've learned about our own family history, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything specific or names or anything, but in our own family history, there's a long history of ignored mental illness and a long history of abuse that's been covered up that I'm still learning about as an adult. We're, her and I have been talking, we're breaking this cycle. This stops with us and our kids. This is over. Can you, and, and I'm not lifting myself up like some, oh, look at Ethan, look what he's doing. I, I am the worst of worst. I have a long way to go. Can you imagine if we all did that in our families? We're going to break this cycle. We're going to break this cycle. How easy it could be for me to completely disassociate from my sister, from my dad, from other family members. It could be very easy. But to get together and say, let's break this cycle, that's not us, that's God. That's God. Perhaps living out Jesus' teachings on, uh, on forgiveness and, and just in general, just living as in you're in the kingdom of heaven, perhaps living it out is more effective than a simple, hey, you want to come to church? Question. Perhaps... I'm suggesting perhaps these are the nature of conversations we ought to be having with our family, 
with our neighbors, with our coworkers. Because how many people are open to hear up, hey, come out to church? They got all this other stuff they cannot get past. Like, well, they just don't, they're just not interested, so that's on them. No. Let's get people to a place. Let's give them some space to see God. Remember Jesus healing the man? Like, how many? And he's like, man, they look, they look like trees still. It takes time, folks. It takes time. What cycles? This is, this is a thinker question. So this one you don't have to say out loud. I don't, actually. But what cycles in your life, in your lineage, in your household, in your small group, in your ministry, in your community, everywhere? What are the cycles that can be broken with a nasa forgiveness, a lifting off, a taking off, taking off the burden? Imagine the space that could be given in a relationship when weight is lifted. Yeah? Amen. Forgiveness matters because it reverses the cycle of a broken humanity by releasing one another from bonds of debt and hurt. Wherever sin rears its head, forgiveness is needed. And whenever forgiveness is, is given, love is there. First Peter 4 says, above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a little bit of sin. Sorry. <laughs> oh, a multitude of sin. Christ demonstrated a mindset of forgiveness in all of his interactions with people. It didn't matter who they were. Just because the word forgive isn't there doesn't mean forgiveness isn't. Okay? Let's keep that in mind as you read the Gospels. Jesus has a deep desire for us to understand and seek forgiveness in our daily relationships to the point where he says in Matthew 18, a lack of forgiveness coming out of you is enough to exclude you from the kingdom of heaven. Ouch. How serious is this to Jesus? I hope you wrote this down by now. 15 out of 10 on a scale. So important. Ephesians 4, one of the, the themes that's been in our church and our teachings and our messages for a long time. It comes to a point in, in Ephesians Ephesians, let's just go there. Let me just summarize part of this for everyone. No, let's go there. Yes, yes, yes. Go eat popcorn. 29. If you aren't thinking that, you're, you're lying. All right. Do not let, verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for Building others up according to their needs. Does that not sound kind of like uplifting language? Let's not put weights on people. Let's help lift them up. That it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid 
of all bitterness, rage, bitterness, rage, bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now is the time in our service we are going to take communion up to And what's more forgiving, right? Forgiveness is a yoke. The burden to forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't always going to be easy. It's not. There is a pain and burden that comes with forgiving, but it's a different nature. And and Martin Luther King Jr.'s words, I'm going to twist this a little bit, but it's a sword that heals. That pain, that hurt of using forgiveness. It hurts temporarily, but it heals. God's forgiven us through Christ. Amen. 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 Let's forgive each other. Let's take on the posture. Let's take on the mindset. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for, for loving us. Thank you for showing us how to forgive, how to love, how to be loved, how to be forgiven. And Honestly, if I think about it, God, sometimes it's hard for me to be accepted that you've accepted me. It's hard for me to accept that you love me, that you've forgiven me, and that hinders me in so many ways. God, help us as a community to stop seeing ourselves as we see ourselves, and help us to see ourselves as you see us. Help us to embrace your story and to let go of our own. Help us to not follow the story of Cain and Lamech. Help us to embrace your story through radical world-changing forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus doing that through the cross for each one of us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.